Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, while all eyes were on Washington last week, the Ohio House of Representatives had some drama of its own in choosing a new speaker. Representative John Cross will join us to discuss his legislative agenda for the coming year. Also this morning, to your health, more than 37 million Americans suffer from chronic kidney conditions, many without even realizing it. An earlier diagnosis is key in more successful treatments. And now that the holidays have passed and with the realization that winter in Northwest Ohio is just starting to settle in, it's time to think about spring break getaways. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I don't know if you... Uh, seen some of the uh, images from the news just uh, amazing in california uh they have been inundated with soaking flooding rains mudslides uh neighborhoods completely flooded out uh, it's the latest in a series of powerful storms walloping the state of california it says here in the uh news report in the uh, newswire uh, rain-weary Californians grappled with flooding and mud- mudslides as the latest in a series of powerful storms walloped the state, toppling trees and frustrating motorists who hit roadblocks caused by fallen debris, flooded roads, and so on. Tens of, thousand pe- uh, tens of thousands of people remain without power. Officials ordered evacuations, and conditions got so bad in California that 70,000 people and two college football teams had to take refuge in the SoFi Stadium. (laughs) It was so bad that they had to uh, hold a college football game there. It was... Um, just 65 to 7. Okay, show of hands. Did anyone make it through the entire game? I said, did you watch the entire game? Uh, Did you watch any of the second half? Heck, for that matter, show of hands, did anyone make it through the second quarter of the game? It it became pretty obvious the way this game was going long before halftime. Um, I have to admit, I watched the first half and then I was done. I said, well, that's it. <laughs> you know, when when Georgia turned TCU, TCU over with less than a minute to go and then scored yet another touchdown to go up 31 points at the half, I was like, yeah, well, they ain't coming back from this. Not that they, Not that I thought they would before that, but when that happened, I mean, that was pretty much it. And I mentioned this yesterday. How many times for Buckeyes fans did it cross your mind? Oh, if they could have only sealed the deal on New Year's Eve, they might be the ones hoisting that trophy last night. What might have been, but uh, twas not meant to be. The Georgia Bulldogs are once again national champions. Uh, some other uh, news. Worth knowing here this morning, uh, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Diamond has died. Uh, One half of the pro-Trump media duo Diamond and Silk, Diamond, real name Lynette Hardaway, has passed away. The former president broke the news last night on his uh, Truth Social site that uh, Ms. Hardaway had passed away at her home in Northern California. She was only in her early 50s, no cause of death, but 
the uh, Twitter account for Diamond and Silk uh, had asked for prayers for Diamond back in late November. So apparently she had taken ill. Uh, she and her sister, Rochelle Richardson, which is the Silk half of Diamond and Silk, often appeared at pro-Trump rallies and on Fox News until the network cut ties for uh, spreading misinformation about COVID-19. Uh, Diamond and Silk had maintained a presence on social media and on right-wing news organization Newsmax. Uh, Trump, uh, in eulogizing Diamond, called her our magnificent Diamond. Uh, praising Ms. Hart. Some uh, sad news uh, there. Uh, what else is uh, going on? That just uh, caught my eye. This morning it was a bit of a surprise when I saw that in the uh, on the newswire. So this is good news, according to a new assessment backed by the United Nations. It was not actually conducted by the United Nations, but backed by the UN. According to this new assessment, Earth's ozone layer is on track to recover completely within the next couple of decades, as ozone depleting chemicals are phased out around the world. The ozone layer, of course, is the part that protects the planet from harmful ultraviolet rays. Uh, since the late 1980s, scientists have sounded the alarm about a hole in the ozone caused by chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs, depleting the ozone, right? Uh, often found in aerosols and refrigerants, solvents, and so on that we humans use on Earth. And over the course of the past several decades... Those CFCs have gradually been phased out of use, and if that trend continues, assuming that we don't go back to using CF, uh, CFCs, they say the ozone layer will completely recover, or it will be back to 1980 levels by 2040 for most of the world. Uh, for polar areas, the time frame is a little bit longer, 2045 over the Arctic, 2066 over the Antarctic, but by the end of the century, we'll have fixed the problem. So, there you go. The hole in the ozone layer, uh, apparently no longer an issue. But I guess it do goes, does go to show that when you change your policies uh, on Earth, uh, uh, you can affect uh, change in space. Uh, let's see. I saw this story on the uh, Newswire, and I thought this was kind of, kind of interesting, and um, it almost left me shaking my head. Well, it didn't almost. It left me shaking my head. A, um, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Robert Waldinger worked for years as director of the Harvard Study of Adult Development, uh, said they have discovered something that they call surprising. People with stronger connections to other people have a lower risk of death. <laughs> stronger, strong connections with other human beings uh, lowers your risk of death. And I thought, well, duh. <laughs> Do we really need a scientific study to tell us this? They, Harvard researchers found that as uh, study participants aged, those in happier relationships could weather the pains and the trials and tribulations of life more easily if you're in a happier relationship. No kidding! Uh, relationships are like stress relievers, according to Dr. Waldinger, because they calm your body down, they take you out of fight-or-flight mode, and uh, 
bring you back to equilibrium. It says those in happier relationships could weather the trials and tribulations of life more easily. However, those in unhappy relationships experience the exact opposite. Wow! Who knew? Thank goodness we have these Harvard researchers to tell us these important things. Uh, let's see. And, uh, oh, this is, uh, this is good news. This is good news. Um, you've been looking for good news about the economy. Uh, while you and I may be griping about the price of eggs, we bought eggs just yesterday. As a matter of fact, my wife and I were at the store. We needed eggs, among other things, needed a few things, eggs being one of them. And I just, my jaw hit the floor when I saw the price of eggs. It's the first time in months that I've actually paid attention to this. Because usually my wife does the uh, grocery shopping. And and uh, so I haven't actually, I mean, I know we've been reporting on the price of eggs and everything else going up, but I hadn't actually seen it on the, uh, on the sh- store shelves and at the checkout where I've actually had to pay for them. <laughs> for them. So... Uh, this was a, a shocker for me yesterday. So while you and I may be griping about the price of eggs, some people apparently that it's not a problem for them. Famed luxury automaker Rolls Royce has reported that 2022 was a record year in terms of sales. A record year for Rolls Royce sales. The CEO of the company, uh, whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, it's a German name, I believe. Um, and so I'm not even going to attempt it because I know I'd mangle it badly. The CEO of the company noted that uh, the company famous for hand assembling its infamously expensive automobiles sold the most cars ever in 2022. Final sales number 6,021. That's how many Rolls Royce vehicles were sold last year. 6,021, an 8% jump. From the year before, uh, they called it a truly landmark year for the 118-year-old company. Um, by the way, their uh, latest model is the all-electric Spectre, which starts at $400,000. $400,000. And that's the starting price with no options. Although, if you're going to shell out $4,000, how many... Things could possibly be optional on that vehicle. You know what I mean? How many, I mean, it's going to it's going to come with power windows. <laughs> it's it's going to come with a premium sound system. I would think. Um, I would think heated seats would be included. <laughs> I mean, how many options can there possibly be? Automatic headlamps? Yes, I would think that would be uh, four hundred thousand dollars. By the way, the most expensive. Rolls-Royce is the Phantom, which starts at $450,000. By the way, the U.S. is the company's largest single market. More Rolls-Royces are sold in the U.S. than any other country. China comes in second. Despite major headwinds there, um, sales only dropped a single percentage point in China, but up everywhere else. Uh, Record sales are great, but not our sole measure of success. According to the company, Rolls-Royce is not a car company. 
It is recognized the world over as a house of luxury. Uh, this is why scarcity and exclusivity will, uh, will always be our focus. So, there you go. Pardon me, do you have any gray poupon? There you go. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Cloudy skies expected today with the high of 41. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 35. All teachers and staff in Finley City Schools will receive training this week on the Safe Defend Active Shooter Protection System that was recently installed in school district buildings. School Board President Matt Cooper says the Safe Defend system prepares for, notifies of, and protects in the event of an active shooter situation. It's truly a game changer for our district, and we want to make sure that we do everything we can in keeping our students and staff safe. So Safe Defend closes that gap gives us an opportunity to decrease response time, increase our response capabilities. The training will take place on Friday and will involve crisis scenarios utilizing the Safe Defense system in coordination with the Finley Police Department and Finley Fire Department. Get more on our website. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed five executive orders moments after being sworn in for his second term. DeWine signed executive orders on topics ranging from anti-discrimination to TikTok. Ohio is now joining several states all over the country in banning social media applications from China on electronic devices used by government employees. I'm Angela Ann. A bill the governor recently signed into law could help alleviate teacher shortages across Ohio. House Bill 554 allows the State Board of Education to issue two-year temporary educator licenses to people who let their teaching certificates expire. This is only for those who have not had past disciplinary measures on their teaching records. Education professionals are not sure how much relief this will provide for teachers, but they say the bill does remove barriers for those who want to re-enter the profession. I'm Brittany Bailey. The Hancock Park District will be holding a winter exploration hike for kids at Litzenberg Memorial Woods on Monday. The Park District said since kids will have the day off from school on Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it would be a great time for them to visit a park, hike a trail, and look for animals. The free hike is for families with children ages 5 and up. Litzenberg Memorial Woods is a little west of Finley on US 224. Get more information about this and other upcoming park programs and events on our website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now to our cover story this morning. State Representative John Cross is with us to talk about his legislative agenda for the coming year. As things uh, start to get going here in uh, 2023. Kind of interesting, as we were mentioning a little bit uh, earlier, uh, while all eyes last week were on the battle over the next Speaker of the House in Washington, a little bit of uh, drama of its own in the Ohio House of Representatives in choosing a new Speaker. Ms. Cross, you were uh, among about a two dozen representatives who were actually censured by the state GOP after the vote for Speaker did not exactly go the way party leaders necessarily wanted it to what was your reasoning in voting uh the way you did for speaker yeah it's a good word chris happy new year happy new year to everybody uh you know i think the uh, everyone's worried about the drama of speakership so i don't think it's a big deal i'm a republican i voted for a conservative republican and i supported jason because i think he was the right speaker candidate to lead the house and i think it was good for my district so I'm looking forward to serving in uh, on his team and helping to lead uh, 
good public policy, and I think it'll be great for the 83rd District. Uh, the governor kicked off the year by taking action on a number of measures sitting on his desk that were passed uh, by the legislature at the end of last year. A couple of uh, the more noteworthy items that I want to get your uh, thoughts on. First, an update to uh, voting laws in the state that now will require a photo ID in order to cast a ballot in Ohio. Data from the Secretary of State shows only a handful of people either cast or attempted to cast fraudulent ballots over the past several election cycles. What do you say to critics who say that this is a solution in search of a problem? Or do you believe that election election fraud is more uh, widespread and is going undetected? Well, when I, when I vote in Hardin County, I've always been asked for a photo ID. And so I think we're just trying to be consistent across the state. And I think if we're asking for photo ID, we need to make sure that we're also helping those who don't have a photo ID mm-hmm. get that too. We shouldn't put up any kind of barriers to getting, uh, you know, the proper identification. So, you know, I think this is just a, another step just to make sure that we have good, safe, secure elections. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, you walk it, in, you are who you are, your, your yeah. signature matches, your photo matches, and you go vote. Is it a is it a case of of removing any doubt or or uh, uh, you know just I think so yeah I think I mean this be... is this is once again just you know we we have done a really good job to make sure that if you want to vote you can we've given you ample time to vote uh, and also we're just now making sure putting steps in place that you know we have the right person who's there to vote. Uh, and uh, like I said, you know, in Hardin County, and I, sus- I suspect the same thing in Hancock County, when you walk in, uh, they ask for your name, mm-hmm. your identification, your signature, and you get to go vote. The governor's other action that generated headlines was his veto of a law that would have prohibited municipalities from taking it upon themselves to ban flavored tobacco products in their individual cities. Did the governor do the right thing in protecting the concept of home rule in this case? And do you support, as the governor has suggested, a statewide ban on flavored tobacco products? Well, that was actually, uh, Chris, my piece of legislation that he vetoed, uh, not because of that issue. Actually, that was a Senate amendment that got dropped in our bill. We were actually working on an excise tax issue that needed uh, help with businesses when they distribute candy and other goods like that. So we're going to revisit that legislation and hopefully work that bill without the Senate amendments. But, but again, home rule and, and whether it's uh, tobacco products or uh, candy bars or the big gulp, I kind of made an argument on the house floor that government shouldn't be picking winners and losers. Government shouldn't be in the business of telling you what you you can or you can't eat or drink or smoke. And so it, it, it's less about the tobacco, flavored tobacco, in my opinion. I think we're on a slippery slope that, you know, are we going to have cities starting to ban guns? Are you going to have cities starting to ban certain products uh, and therefore government getting in the way of you being able to purchase things that you want to purchase? So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm cautious about that and it's less about in my opinion uh flavored tobacco it's more about is government being intrusive of what you can or can't buy 
Which leads to the question, what are your legislative priorities for the coming year? I know the official agenda is going to be laid out, uh, what, later this week, but what do you want to see it include personally? What is at the top of your agenda? Well, there's there's four things, Chris, real quickly. I think for Hancock County and the 83rd District, I'm going to be working on four policy areas. One is uh, education. We need to make sure that we continue to fully fund our schools and really take the, the, the burden off the local taxpayer. We need to make sure that our students have proper funding and not rely on levy after levy after levy. Uh, secondly, safety. You know, our sheriff and our local law enforcement do a fabulous job keeping our community safe. I'm going to be working on continued funding and support for whether it's jails or infrastructure or, or safety on the streets. We need safe communities. Uh, infrastructure, Chris, you know, um, I think about the 99 uh, interchange, how we're going to continue to work to improve that. But infrastructure across the state, whether it's water, wastewater, uh, road infrastructure, it's all important for economic development um, and workforce. Continuing to invest in uh, job training opportunities and grants. Uh, continue to support our higher education institutions like Finley and Ohio Northern University. So for me, uh, those are kind of four pillars that I want to work on with regards to legislation. I think I can help make a difference and improve uh, our economy and also continue to make our communities safer, stronger, and like I always say, keep Ohio open for business. As we mentioned, uh, the official agenda for the year ahead will be uh, laid out uh, this week, so we'll look forward to uh, how that all plays out. And I want to ask you about this, uh, just to throw this out uh, out there uh, in this uh, all-too-early world of, of politics these days. You are starting your third term in the State House. You are limited to four, so in other words, you're halfway through a term-limited <laughs> tenure in the House. And like right. you know, it's still very early, and, and everything is so early in election cycles these days. But have you given any thought to what comes next? No, no not at all. Uh, actually, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, the first four years, Chris, I was able to pass 12 pieces of legislation. Uh, there may be a 13th bill. I've got to go look to see if the governor signed one. But 12 bills, you know, uh, I've, stopped, I've, I've lost track of the money that we brought back to the district. So I was very happy with the first four years of, of being accountable and accessible to the constituency. I'm really looking forward just for these next two years to continue to try to deliver uh, on some more financial support and resources. Um, ask me that question to your <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, and I'm sure we will. Again, uh, Representative John Cross with us uh, this morning. The Ohio House of Representatives back in session now after the uh, year-end break for a new uh, legislative session. Uh, Ms. Cross, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it, as always. Thanks, Chris. Well, to your health this morning, more than 37 million Americans uh, suffer from chronic kidney conditions. 
It's something that impacts not only their lives, but those of families and really entire communities uh, on, on one level. And joining us this morning to talk about the importance of prevention and early detection is the president of the American Society of Nephrology, Dr. Susan Quaggan. Why is it so important for individuals and their families to talk about kidney health and uh, a plan of action, that kind of thing. Kind of lay this out for us, why this is such a concern. Right. Terrific question. And as you mentioned in your introduction, there are 37 million Americans living with kidney disease. That's one in nine Americans. And 90% of them don't know they have kidney disease. It's a silent disease until very late in the course. And in fact, one in three Americans are at risk of developing kidney disease. That's a staggering number. If you have diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, family history of kidney disease or obesity, you're at an increased risk of developing kidney disease. And it's a leading cause of death in this country. So, so important to know uh, your risk and to talk about it with family members and loved ones and to get screened if you're at risk. A really easy screening test. It's a blood test and a urine test. And we have incredible new treatments available that if started early enough can really slow or almost stop kidney disease in its tracks so you can prevent the progression to kidney failure. So really important uh, to talk about it this year. And um, just to underscore a couple of uh, points that you were making a, a little bit earlier, you were talking about a number of the risk factors and the fact that many people with kidney disease are not aware that they have it. Is that because there really aren't any symptoms or the symptoms are so subtle as to not be immediately recognizable? I mean, are there warning signs that we can look for? Yes, I, that's a great question. And in fact, most kidney diseases, the commonest forms of kidney disease, there are no symptoms until very late in the course when patients may feel fatigue or change in diet or metallic taste in their mouth. But those are very late mm. at a time when there's very little to do. So um, you need a screening test in order to pick it up. So mm. if you're at risk, you need to be screened. What is what is involved in the uh, screening process or what are we talking about here? Just a blood test and a urine sample. So super easy. And <laughs> And you and you mentioned uh, kidney treatment developments in in kidney treatment and and care. What are some of the latest ways that you can manage this? Yes, so incredibly exciting time in our field, and over the past five years or so, there's been a slew or an explosion of new treatments available for patients living with kidney disease that can really slow it down. And these are pills, like once a day medications or twice a day and really uh, impact the course of kidney disease. So built on many decades of research, but now they've been proven and have very powerful effects. So uh, not difficult to take, but you do need to know if you've got kidney disease in order uh, to get these medications. And, um, and in addition, managing the blood pressure, managing diabetes, um, blood glucose, those are all important uh, aspects of kidney care as well. So the uh, larger medicine 
message here is that it's not pos- not really um, viable to uh, detect it early on your own. You need the screening, so get the screen is very easy to do. Yeah. There are ways to manage this if you find you do have uh, early stages of kidney disease. And I, I know you at the uh, ASN have an initiative to help raise awareness uh, for kidney health. Yes, we do, and uh, thank you. And again, thank you for having me on because this helps to raise awareness. Um, the American Society of Nephrology launched an initiative two years ago, the United for Kidney Health, and one of the pillars of that awareness campaign is early intervention and preventing kidney failure. So uh, very important, and we partner with other societies around the country, including the National Kidney Foundation, who has a partner awareness campaign looking out for patient uh, and educating about risk of kidney disease. To Your Health this morning, talking about the importance of prevention and early detection for kidney disease. Uh, Dr. Susan Quaggan is president of the American Society of Nephrology. And uh, obviously, whenever we talk about medical uh, issues, we always preface this by saying the best source of information is going to be your doctor for your particular situation. But generally speaking, where do folks get uh, more information? You have a website where uh, folks can learn more, right? Yes, we do. Yep, there's a website with lots of information and links, uh, www.asn-online.org. And just as you said, yep, very important to talk to your own uh, healthcare provider. Again, Dr. Quaggan, thanks very much for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. This just in, Seattle police have arrested a man after a neighbor uh, reported seeing him load a woman's body wrapped in a blanket into the back of an SUV and drive away. Wow! Can you imagine seeing that? Uh, Your neighbor loads a person's body wrapped in a blanket uh, into the back of an SUV and drives off. The neighbor called police... Um, after seeing the incident, capturing the incident on his home surveillance system, he shared the video with officers who, after watching the video, obtained a search warrant and dispatched SWAT members. SWAT converged on the man's home and made entry. Turned out it was all a big misunderstanding. The man explained that the woman that he had carried out had OD'd uh, and a drug overdose, and he had actually taken her to the hospital. Um, Harborview Medical Center verified that the woman uh, was brought in, that she was alive and receiving treatment for an overdose of, uh, of some sort of uh, intoxicant. So it wasn't all uh, it wasn't all a waste of time, though. It turns out the guy was arrested anyway because he had a warrant out for his arrest for a previous robbery. <laughs> So they they got something out of it anyway. <laughs> it wasn't as nefarious as initially believed, but uh, he did have a robbery warrant, so at least there was that. But you try to do the right thing, you get arrested on an outstanding warrant anyway. Man, it's, sometimes being a good Samaritan will get you nowhere. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> this was uh, Taylorsville, Utah. Police, animal control, and volunteer goat wranglers spent over an hour struggling to contain an escaped animal through the city of Taylorsville, <laughs> Utah. <laughs> volunteer goat wranglers. The goat was spotted on Sunday trying to break into a home and then led the entire community on a long chase. <laughs> According to Police Sergeant Ryan Carver, officers spent the next two hours trying to wrangle the goat that obviously missed its calling and should have been in the track and field industry. <laughs> they eventually got it rounded up, though. And I don't know if the goat was arrested for attempted breaking and entering, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, this from the international file, the broken news. So... Uh, what would you do if you owned a business and you discovered that one of your employees had been pilfering from the register, right? Stealing from the register. You would fire them, obviously, but, uh, would you ever hope of getting any of that money back? Well, a 37 year old restaurant owner in Sydney, Australia, uh, had his own way of taking matters into his own hands. Uh, or she did, I guess it's a female restaurant owner. She allegedly kidnapped the ex-employee and <laughs> held the employee, the ex-employee for ransom, demanding ransom money from his mother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty extreme. The former employee was reportedly stealing from the register, having made a copy of the key before leaving the job. As the uh, former kitchen hand was caught in the act, cafe owner Anne Go uh, took matters into her own hands. She and her associates restrained the former worker and demanded that his mother repay the $2,500 he allegedly stole. Um, as it turns out, you can't do that, even in Australia. She was arrested on various assault uh, charges of assault and uh, kidnapping, she has been uh, granted bail as she awaits sentencing. <laughs> no word on whether she got the uh, stolen money back. <laughs> Taking matters into her own hands. That's pretty extreme. I just... <laughs> uh, let's see. But I suppose if you don't steal from your employers, you hopefully don't have anything to worry about. Is um... A teacher in New Jersey is now facing charges after overdosing on fentanyl in the classroom in front of his students. Nice. Authorities charged Frank Thompson with possession of a controlled substance and child endangerment after he was discovered unresponsive in a classroom back in November. Authorities at Roosevelt Intermediate School in New Jersey reported seeing signs of a drug overdose and administered the opioid treatment Narcan. Investigators searching the classroom also discovered fentanyl and drug paraphernalia in a closet in the classroom. Uh, Mr. Thompson, who I would assume is no longer an employee at Roosevelt Intermediate School, is due in court next month. Uh, it says here it is not known if he remains on the school's payroll, but I'm guessing not. Probably not. I wouldn't think. And finally, in the broken news this morning, you can run, but you can't hide. 
when mama is on the prowl, when mama is after you, you're a kid, when your mom is after you, you can run, but you can't hide. Cha-Cha Watson crashed her daughter's online game to make sure she did her chores. She said her 11-year-old daughter was playing Roblox, the online game Roblox, and uh, Ms. Watson tracked her down on the server to remind her to help with dinner. (laughs) She's playing this online game, and all of a sudden, mom shows up to remind her that she needs to help with dinner. She said she only resorted to that extreme measure after her daughter repeatedly ignored her calls and texts. Apparently, the game will boot a player if they answer the phone. So uh, Ms. Watson logged on to see what game that her kid was playing and her avatar. uh, And she created an avatar right up to her uh, kids and said, you see me calling you. (laughs) Her daughter said, I'm sorry, mom. (laughs) She then instructed her daughter to take the lasagna and garlic bread out of the freezer so she could cook it when she got home. Uh, Ms. Watson posted the screenshots of uh, her interaction with her daughter to Facebook to show her friends what I go through to get in touch with my child. I think any modern parent can probably relate. The struggle is real. (laughs) Uh, She said, uh, Mom said that she only had downloaded Roblox, the video game herself, in order to spend more quality time with her child. And uh, they do regularly play together, uh, but in this case, it came in handy for an entirely different reason. So, <laughs> there you go. That is awesome. Uh, that is today's broken news report and update on the odd and unusual side of the news. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN, your year-round home for exciting sports play-by-play coverage. Finlay Trojan and Ohio State football and basketball. The Cleveland Guardians, Blue Jackets hockey, and the NFL regular season, postseason, and Super Bowl. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time. The best in live sports coverage happens here. 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. While it may seem like people these days are waiting longer to have kids, we'll hear these stories in the news every now and then about how uh, young people today are delaying starting a family for uh, social reasons, societal reasons, maybe it's economic reasons, whatever it might happen to be. We hear these stories about people delaying Uh, putting off starting a family until they get a little bit older. But as it turns out, the average age in which adults conceive and become parents for the first time, the average age, first-time parenthood, has really not changed that much in a very long time, like 250,000 years. Recent study out of Indiana University suggests that the average age of parenthood throughout recent human history is 26.9 years of age. Throughout time, however, the age gap between first-time mothers and first-time fathers 
has shrunk over the last 5,000 years or so. First-time fatherhood still tends to come at an older age. Fathers tend to be older. First-time fathers tend to be older. But among mothers, parental age has not increased steadily. In fact, about 10,000 years ago, maternal age dropped. Now, you may wonder uh, how they figured all of this out. I mean, we don't have census data going back 10,000 or 20,000 or 250,000 years ago. As, as researchers were able to use data from DNA mutations to determine the age of first-time parents through, throughout the course of time. The co-author of the study, Richard Wang, Indiana University, says these mutations in DNA from the past accumulate with every generation and actually exist in humans today. Interesting stuff. So being that now we are through the holidays and recognizing the fact that winter in Northwest Ohio is just starting to settle in, let's talk spring break. Uh, 56% of those in Hilton's Global 2023 Trends Report say that they want an easy travel experience in 2023. So as you start planning your spring break getaway, travel ex experts say you might want to give the reimagined all-inclusive getaway a try. Travel expert Sandra McLemore is with us this morning. And Sandra, you've got plenty of experience in this. As uh, parents and families are looking towards spring break travel, what are your tips? Yeah, so no surprise, Chris, that all the people are looking for easy travel. Travel planning itself can be super difficult. It can feel like a full-time job. And people just don't want that anymore. So, yes, my first tip, I've got three great tips for you. The first tip is to say yes to the all-inclusive. So all-inclusive now is pretty different to how we probably thought it was back in the day. Uh, now you're not going to be waiting in buffet lines here at the Hilton. You're not going to have mediocre food, awkward entertainment. It's just not like that. They've done an incredible job reimagining and rebuilding the full all-inclusive experience. So saying yes to the all-inclusive is definitely the first start. Less stress. Number two would be to really check out all of the amenities that you have on property and try everything. So from the spa to the kids club, well, just the kids, of course, but also there's probably a ton of activities and entertainment that maybe you've never thought of trying before. So maybe you've never had a go at beach volleyball, or maybe you want to try salsa dancing, but you're a little shy. Maybe you just want to eat something that you don't even know how to say. So number two, my second tip is definitely to try everything here at the resort. Number three is to choose a resort with a ton of eating and dining options. So what I mean by this is it's not cool enough just to have one great restaurant. You need multiple amazing restaurants. Here at the Hilton Tulum, they pretty much nailed this because I would have to up it to like maybe six meals a day to get into all of the <laughs> restaurants and eat at all of them. But that would be, and I'm not trying to do that, but that would be my third tip. Really great eating options and multiple ones as well. So it certainly makes sense that people are prioritizing easy when planning travel because after all that's why you travel right to 
take it easy. Yeah, I think that along the way, we and, and I, I blame the internet, honestly, because you type into Google spring break ideas and you'll probably get thrown back with tens of millions of options. And look, the internet's great, but we really, like you said, we want travel to be easy. And you mentioned at the beginning, like 56% of those survey respondents said that's all they're looking for. So it's not surprising I'm seeing this trend as an industry expert of more families, more groups of friends and neighbors say, you know what? We're going to say yes to this all-inclusive because it's just easy. Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, the the attraction of that all-inclusive resort, and there are all kinds of all-inclusive types of uh, of travel, but the all-inclusive resort specifically, uh, you're talking about to uh, take a real close look at. Yeah, I definitely think that this is something that people want to be able to just, like I said, say yes to it because travel doesn't have to be stressful. And if people want to learn more about it, it's super easy. They just head over to Hilton.com. They're going to have a ton of different resort options there. They can book. They can get excited and they can end up somewhere magical, just like me sitting here in Tulum right I now. Was, I was going to say, uh, you know, what are your some of your favorite uh, destinations there? You're at one right now. so Yes. I um, Well, to be honest, I've traveled to over 90 countries around the world and I had never been to Tulum until I arrived here a few days ago and I'm here with my family. And I have to say that my favorite thing to do when I'm on vacation is actually to ditch the family just for a couple of hours. <laughs> and I basically run away from everybody and I just take some me time and I think everybody needs a little bit of me time where you can just go and do whatever you feel like it might be at the spa it could be sitting by the pool might be going to the gym that's not me but you know there's stuff everywhere there in the you resort. Go. so I get really excited to take two to three hours of just me time. And I am glad you mentioned that because I think for a lot of folks, they kind of feel guilty when they uh, that thought crosses their mind. I'm on vacation with a family, but I want to take a break from the family for a couple hours. No shame in doing that uh, whatsoever. No, Chris, you're so right about that. And honestly, I can't say that I ever felt any guilt myself because I encourage everyone in my family to do that. You know, our little one, his name is Houston. He gets to go to the kids club and have his me time. And my husband will go off and he's one of those crazy people that go to the gym and I'll go <laughs> and sit by the pool or go to the spa. And if everybody in your group does that, it just makes for a happier family. It's already easy here because there's honestly stuff for every age and every interest. But why not layer in that self-care time as well for everybody? Again, because that's what it should be all about anyway. That's why you are going to get away. Again, travel experts uh, Sandra McLemore with us this morning. We're talking spring break getaways, kind of get you into that that mindset now. And Sandra, once again, uh, thanks very much for taking the time. Where do we get more information? Thank you so much, Chris. So jump onto Hilton.com. You can take a look at all the resort options, all the all-inclusive resort options book and come down here. Maybe I'll just wait for you all to get here in Tulum. I'll stay here until you get here. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Once again, a reminder, you can get more information about all of the topics we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. So check us out online. Our little corner of the World Wide Web is at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the American Academy of Pediatrics has this week issued new guidance encouraging doctors to take a more proactive approach in combating childhood obesity. But are medications and even surgery really the right way to address the problem? So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.